Glory to God. Thank God for the word. Thank God for faith in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the word of faith. Thank God for the word of power. Thank God for the word of salvation. It's one and the same thing. Hallelujah. Thank God for the gospel of the kingdom. Thank God for the gospel of Christ. Thank God for the gospel of God. It's all the same thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, some of these, uh, some, some, someday we're going to study biblical synonyms. Hallelujah. And see words that have the same meaning in scriptures. Phrases and words that have the same meaning in the Bible. Okay, so we've been studying biblical discernment. Let's say a word of prayer as we look into the word of God today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank God for the entrance of light and understanding into our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for clarity. Thank you, Jesus, because every confusion is going to be dispelled by the power of your word. Thank you, Jesus, because we would obey, we would yield ourselves to every instruction that will be given in this teaching today. Thank you, Father, because we are better as we become doers of your instructions, doers of your word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Okay, so biblical discernment. And this is part seven. Hallelujah. Part seven, episode 126. It's been a powerful teaching. It's been a great time looking through scriptures, carefully examining, you know, Bible texts that have to do with discernment. And then our lives are being enriched and blessed by the word of God. We looked at Ephesians chapter 4, the role of ministry gifts in the last episode. The role and the duty of ministry gifts. And we discover that one of the roles, one of the duties or responsibilities of ministry gifts, that is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, men who are you know, sent to teach and equip the saints, is that one of the roles is to birth and instill discernment in those who follow them. Hallelujah. That is... The ministry gifts should encourage discernment. You should be glad when people are checking out things. You should be glad when people are checking to find out if what you are saying is the truth. You should be glad when people are asking questions. It shows they are paying attention. It shows they are receiving objectively. Hallelujah. And I've said this many times. Whenever I'm preaching the word to people for the first time, and I'm preaching that which they are not used to, that which they are not you know, conversant with, that which they are not familiar with, that which is against their own belief or creed, and they begin to nod their heads, and they're just nodding and they're just saying, mm, mm, thank you, thank you. And they never get to ask questions. They never get to come back to say, see, but what about this scripture? What about this? I'm always very, very, <laughs> I'm always very, very skeptical. Hallelujah. My kind of person is the person that is asking questions. My kind of guy is the person that is saying, see, okay, I've seen this. What about this scripture? What is this portion of scripture then saying? What about this one that seems to contradict this particular place? That is somebody paying attention to, you know, what he's learning. That is it. You, you found a student who is paying attention and is observing what he's receiving. Hallelujah. Somebody who is asking questions is not a threat in the body of Christ, not a threat in the church. That is the right attitude. We must be inquisitive. Hallelujah. It shows we are paying attention. It shows we are learning. So ministry gifts are never to discourage uh, discernment. They're never to discourage men from receiving objectively. They're never to discourage the idea of testing and scrutinizing and examining the things that we receive. They are meant to promote it. Hallelujah. So let's see that text again and then we'll continue from there. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the keeping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the defying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children 
That is, they are, they are meant to build us up to a point where we are no longer children. We have come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God. We, have, we are growing you know, in the knowledge of Christ to a point where we have a full grasp of the realities that we have in Christ. Hallelujah. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, Bible says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. The word acknowledging there is the word that means to have a full understanding, a full comprehension or discernment of the things that are in Christ Jesus. That's the word epignosis in the Greek. It, it speaks of a full discernment, a full understanding. Hallelujah. Now people have said, can we know everything about God in this life? I say no. There are certain things we don't know. For instance, at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Verse 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be like, for we shall, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he is pure. So it says, it does not yet appear. We don't know how we shall be like. Hallelujah. What we know is that when we see him, we'll be like him. But how we'll be, how we'll look, what it will look like, the exact nature of our immortality. We don't know. Praise God. What is the new heaven and the new earth going to look like? I don't know. Praise God. <laughs> what does God look like? I don't know. We have never seen his shape or form at any point in time. The only time we saw God was in the flesh. Praise God. And then if John is saying, we, we don't know how we shall appear, but we know that we shall be like him. That's to let you know that the state Jesus is in today, the glorified state, is something that is beyond the senses. We don't know how he looks right now in his glorified state. Praise God. So, listen, there are things we cannot know. There are things because the Bible does not reveal them. It's simple. But that which has been revealed to us can be known, fully comprehended. So, Bible says the communication of your faith will be effective as you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. The good things in us in Christ Jesus have been revealed. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. Bible says, but now the spirit has revealed them to us. Yes, the deep things of God. For no one knows the things of a man except the spirit of, uh, except the man himself. So, even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Bible says, now we have received not the spirit of this world. 1 Corinthians 2, 12. But the spirit of God, which we have from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So, the things that have been revealed to us, the things that belong to us, our inheritance, our positional realities, we can know those things and comprehend them fully from the word of God because those things have been revealed. Hallelujah. Those things have been revealed. And so these are the things that ministry gifts are meant to instruct the same thing. They are meant to teach us and nourish us with the knowledge of these things. That's the reason why we can speak of coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now listen carefully. It is by this knowledge we become discerning. Praise God. The knowledge of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ is the gospel. And the Antichrist preaches against the gospel. The Antichrist denies the facts of the gospel. So a man that is aware of his position in Christ, of his possession, his, his, his inheritance, his ability in Christ Jesus, is a man that is able to discern the voice of the evil one. You know everything that negates those things cannot be of God. Hallelujah. So ministry gifts by teaching the saints their position in Christ Jesus and their identity in Christ Jesus equip them to become discerning. Now this is where some have erroneously built the doctrine of just focus on showing people who they are in Christ. You don't need to preach against anything. You don't need to preach against legalism or materialism or you know all those false practices, worship of angels. You don't need to preach against those things. Just preach about who they are in Christ. When they know who they are, they'll be able to discern. It is not true. The apostles taught men who they are in Christ taught men their position in Christ Jesus, their identity, and also warned them, cautioned them towards men. Hallelujah. So, that we should be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, 
by the trickery of men, the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Listen, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 should be read alongside Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. It says, all scripture is given and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, totally equipped for every good work. Have you seen? The scriptures are given for doctrine, for reproof, that's the word evidence, for correction. It means to straighten you out, to straighten out your thoughts, your perspectives, so we can correct with the scriptures. The scriptures can be used to correct, and then it's also given for instruction. That's the word nurture, a, a, um, a practical training and indoctrination to nurture you in the face. Hallelujah. To practically train you. That's the same word translated nurture at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. When it says the fathers should not provoke their children to anger, but to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. It means to nurture them. It means to practically train you. So the scriptures serve to correct. Praise God. So it is not just about, I'm just showing you who you are in Christ. I'm just teaching doctrine. I, know I, I can by the doctrine, I should by the doctrine also correct you and instruct you. Hallelujah. So because that is the only way you become complete, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hallelujah. So you see, it's the work of ministry gives to actually best discernment and instill it in the saints. And like I said in the previous episode, the apostles in Bible days were not cautioning men against some imaginary beings, against some ghosts, against some spirits. No, the cautions were against men. Hallelujah. Against men. And then we're going to walk through scriptures today to see how they continually cautioned men against receiving, you know, indiscriminately from men. That is, men were expected to receive by being objective. Hallelujah. You can't be indiscriminate in your receiving. You can't just open up, open up your heart to everything. Say, I like them. I like this preacher. He's a fine boy. <laughs> I like the, ah, you know that woman. She's so, she's so sweet. That's funny. That's not how to receive from ministry gifts. It's about what they are saying, not how they look. Praise God. It's about what they are saying, not how they look. Hallelujah. Look at this now. Acts of Apostles chapter 15. And eloquence is not the same thing as the truth. A man can be so eloquent without preaching the truth. Acts of Apostles chapter 15. I'll read from verse 24 again. Bible says, Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls. Have you seen? They unsettled their souls. How did they unsettle their souls? Saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law by the things they said. They unsettled the souls of disciples. They troubled them by the things they said. By that singular phrase, you must keep the law of Moses. The souls of the saints were unsettled. Hallelujah. The souls of the saints were unsettled. Saints were troubled. Glory to God. So, it is men that will minister deception and falsehood. It is men that will minister instability. It is men that will minister lack of discernment, just as it is men that will minister discernment and stability in the truth. Glory to God. Look at this, Acts of Apostles chapter 20. Glory to God. Acts of Apostles chapter 20. And I'll read from verse 29. Glory to God. Acts of Apostles 20 from verse 29. The Bible says, For I know this, that after my departure, Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Savage wolves. Look at the description. It's so scary. Paul is saying after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Hallelujah. The KJV says grievous wolves. Men who are destructive with their teachings. It says they will not spare the flock. Verse 30. Bible says also from among yourselves, 
Men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Perverse things. Glory to God. Look at verse 31. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn every one of you night and day with tears. Look at the Apostle Paul. For the space of for the space of how many years? Three years. I did not cease to warn you every, every one of you. I did not cease to warn you night and day with tears. It's so serious. Imagine a crying preacher. A preacher that is warning you. Say, see guys, grievous wolves are going to come in. You guys, you must remember I'm telling you. you must, I mean, it's a serious matter. Hallelujah. It's a serious matter. And then the warning is against men. It is men that will come in as savage wolves. Glory to God. Grievous wolves. Remember that Jesus likens false prophets to wolves in sheep's clothing. That is, sometimes their appearances can be so deceptive. The wolves in sheep's clothing. Their appearances can be so sweet, soft-spoken. He appears to be kind. I know a false prophet that shares rice on TV. And he broadcasts it. Everybody is watching. He's sharing rice. He's giving people scholarship. He's, you know, there are lots of false prophets sharing gifts on social media. Giving people scholarship. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Their appearance is so harmless. But within them, they have an intention. They have a scheme and a plan to destroy the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The instruction is so clear. It's about men. Romans chapter 16, from verse 17 to 18. Look at this now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, there's a reason why some of us can never be sentimental in our approach to receiving from men. We can never be. We have studied this thing. Praise God. Ah, study you. Hey, Mumodada, praise God. I know it well. I know it like the back of my palm. I'm not gambling with it. Praise God. I'm not gambling with this idea of whether we should judge or criticize or test things or decide. I know it from scriptures. I know the approach that is taught in the Bible. So I don't yield to the wisdom of this world. Many of the people who say, uh, don't use this approach. They don't even know that this is the approach in the Bible. They've not studied it. They don't know it. Hallelujah. I remember somebody giving a counsel and saying, nobody should you know, preach against some. Just preach your own. When you read through the ministry of Jesus and the apostles, that is what you find. I say, hey, where did you find this? The ministry of who? What did you just say? Ministry of Jesus and his apostles. You must be dreaming. Hallelujah. The approach in the ministry of Jesus and the apostles is that of preaching against falsehood as we preach the truth. As we maintain the truth and insist on the truth, we must also preach against that which is false. Hallelujah. We must expose the works of darkness. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11, the Bible says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Have no fellowship with it. Expose it. Hallelujah. That is the approach that works according to the Bible. Romans chapter 16 from verse 17 to 18. We saw this in one of the episodes. Let's see it again. Now I urge you brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. Note them. That is, there are people we should note. Praise God. There are people we should mark as heretics in the body. Glory to God. Listen, listen, listen. It is scriptural. It is biblical. It is godly. It is righteous. It is spiritual to mark some people as heretics in the body of Christ. Not for the sake of just marking anybody. Those who cause divisions contrary to the doctrine that is taught in the word of God. They are heretics. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is, it is spiritual 
Verse 18, Bible says, For those who are sought do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Have you seen what is bound to happen? If you don't mark and avoid them, they would, they would lure your mind into deception. Hallelujah. It says, By smooth words and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Many believers cannot even separate or make a distinction between fine public speaking or motivational speeches and uh, the truth of the word of God. Every preacher that is sounding grandiloquent, that is sounding rhetorical, that is sounding eloquent, is seen as a preacher of truth but the delivery is not as important as what is delivered hallelujah the presentation is not as important as what is being presented glory to jesus so it is not about getting carried away by smooth speeches you can be lured into deception by that so bible says to mark those who preach contrary to the doctrine that is taught in the word of god hallelujah you see don't don't just fall for every kind of delivery you say, oh, for God uh, so loved uh, the world uh, that he gave. Uh, the, uh, after all the, uh, uh, priest, what are you saying? Praise God. We want to hear your explanation and your interpretation of this text of the Bible that you are hiring on. Praise God. You see? So it's not about all that. It's not about the ephesi, the eloquence, the grandiosity. It's about what you are saying. So we really have to be aware of smooth words and flattering speech. Praise God. In fact, that phrase flattering speech in the KJV is the word fair speeches which from the Greek actually means fine speaking or elegance of language. So there's a way it's presented. You're almost swept off your feet. Hallelujah. Your emotions are aroused. And <laughs> you have to be aware that it is not about the manner of delivery. It's about the thing being delivered. Glory to God. Look at this other place. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. You know, the devil is in the business of churning out fine speakers. We must be very, very aware of this and guard our hearts. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. The Bible says, imitate me just as I also... Oh, sorry, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11, 1 to 4. Oh, that you will bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. I explained what godly jealousy is in one of the episodes. It means zeal. It's not jealousy as in the flesh, work of the flesh. It's zeal. Praise God. It says, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Glory to God. Look at verse 4. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In other words, it's possible for someone else to come and begin to teach something contrary to what has already been established as apostolic doctrine. Praise God. Apostolic doctrine. And then you receive it. Praise God. Paul is saying, see, I fear lest the serpent will corrupt your mind from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus, the same way Eve was corrupted. How exactly did the serpent corrupt or deceive Eve? How was Eve deceived by the serpent? The devil distorted the truth of the word of God. And that's the same thing he's still doing today. Corrupting and perverting and distorting the gospel. Praise God. And you know, he presented an opposite or a contrary thought, an idea. Something directly opposite. As God said, oh, God has said you die, but don't worry, you will not die. God knows the day you take it, your eyes will be opened, you become wise. Something directly opposite. And she received it. I've seen preachers today make statements that are directly opposite what the Bible is saying. Totally contradictory. They make it with such boldness and audacity. Glory to God. There's a preacher that said, um, it is foolishness to pray for your enemies. Do you know this is a direct onslaught against the words of Christ? 
It was Jesus that says, pray for your enemies, love those who persecute you, love those and bless and you know, those who spitefully use you. And then a preacher, of the, a preacher of the gospel in Nigeria has the effrontery to say, it is foolishness to pray for your enemies. And you know what? He taught it in such a way that he appealed to the emotions of the people. He appealed to the emotions. Many times when those false teachings are presented, they appeal to people's emotions. Say, ah, how can you be praying for your enemies? Enemy that is seeking your death, that is seeking that you should not prosper, and you are praying for him. Is this, is this not stupidity? Is this not stupidity? You better wise up. And then, you know, before you can even think and, you know, stop to think, okay, well, but this is what the Bible teaches. You just be like, ah, it's true. Somebody that wants me to die. Eh? I will, eh, eh, eh. And then, before you know it, you receive the doctrine. It appeals to your emotions. Hallelujah. But Jesus knows that the enemy is seeking your downfall. Jesus knows that the enemies are actually seeking to, you know, destroy you and pull you down. Yet he gave instruction to pray for your enemies and to love those who spitefully use you. Praise God. Why? Because he has given you the power and the authority to resist their evil schemes. Glory to God. That is, alongside the instruction to love your enemies and to pray for those who spitefully use you, he has also given you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies also. So we need not be afraid of witches and wizards, occultic powers and everyone that is seeking our downfall and then to quickly eliminate them before they get us, they cannot get us. Praise God. Nothing shall by enemies also. The only people that would eventually or that can eventually touch the believer and get away with it are folks who persecute us for the sake of the gospel. In, in that case, we lay down our lives deliberately because of the gospel. Praise God. And even at that, Jesus says, if you can flee, you should flee. Flee from one city to another. So, but when it gets to a point where there's nothing you can do, they've they've held you in no stage, and then you can't run, you can't flee for your life, then you have to submit yourself and, you know, die for the gospel. Praise God. But when it comes to occultic powers, magic, and all those things, I mean, I mean, it's a waste of time. Praying and stressing yourself, trying to fight them and eliminate them is a waste of time. Their, their powers cannot affect you if you walk in the spirit, if you walk in the faith and you hold on to the word of God concerning your life. Glory be to God. But it seems several preachers who advocate praying against your enemies and killing your enemies and disregarding the words of Jesus, the instructions of Christ, do not understand this anger. Praise God. So what they put in the hearts of the saints is fear towards their enemy. If you quickly run to kill your enemies, so that they won't get you. You are not walking by faith. You are, you are living by fear. Hallelujah. You are being governed by fear. That's not faith. That's fear. You are afraid that they will get you. Glory to God. So you quickly want to eliminate them before they eliminate you. But when you understand that nothing shall by any means hurt you, you won't be praying all such useless prayers. Hallelujah. Imagine Jesus trying to eliminate his enemies, praying against what Even while he was on the cross, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. He prayed for, for his enemies. Stephen, the same. While he was being stoned to death, he says, Father, do not let this charge against them. Into your hands I commit my spirit. So, I mean, those were men that were not moved by the, by the adversaries, their enemies in the flesh. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So, we are not fighting against men. We don't kill men. We don't eliminate men. That is Bible doctrine. But there are men who preach against this. And folks actually listen and submit and practice their evil doctrine. Praise God. That is exactly what Paul is saying here. You can be corrupted from the simplicity of the word of God. There can be men who distort the truth of the word of God and corrupt your mind from the simplicity of Christ like the serpent corrupted Eve. Praise God. And deceived him. Hallelujah. And if you go down to verse 12, 12 to 15, you discover that the devil uses men. Satan, this Satan, this serpent that Paul is speaking about in verse, um, this serpent that Paul is speaking about in verse 3 uses men. Hallelujah. 
Verse 12 to 15. But what I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. He's speaking against men. Praise God. Have you seen? False apostles, deceitful workers. These were not imaginary beings. The recipients of these letters actually know the people Paul is referring to here. False apostles. He gives a vivid description of these guys. Look at verse 12 again. But what I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles. So there were folks who were trying to also, you know, appear to be apostles in the Corinthian church. To the Corinthian church. They were, they were folks who were disguising themselves as authorities too. Paul says they are false apostles. I'm going to cut off an opportunity for them to be regarded the same way we are regarded. Hallelujah. Verse 16. I say again, let no one think of me as a fool. If otherwise, at least receive me as a fool. That I may boast a little. That I also may boast a little. What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord. But as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. Verse 18. Saying that many boast according to the flesh. I also will boast. For you put up with fools gladly. Those are the same set of people he refers to as fools. Hallelujah. Since you yourselves are wise, for you put up with it. If one brings you into bondage, if one divorce from you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face, to our shame, I say that we are too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I, am, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. Does this sound like folks that the Corinthian church were unaware of? At all. Look at the descriptions again. These are folks that have had interactions with the Corinthian church. These are folks that have taught the Corinthian church. These are folks that have ministered to the Corinthian church. And they had an approach of ministry. They had a pattern of ministry. Praise God. It says you put up with it. You put up with fools gladly. Verse 19. You put up with it if one brings you into bondage. If one divorces you. If one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face, to our shame, we are too weak for that. There were folks that had, had interaction with the Corinthian church. So, as Paul was writing this letter to them and they were reading it, in the church, they were aware of the people they were talking about. Praise God. These were no imaginary beings. They knew. Ah, mm, he's talking about, hey, call on my show out. Do you understand? <laughs> Do you understand that kind of thing? Because the truth of the matter is, the people we are to be aware of are men. Hallelujah. They are men. Look at verse 22. He says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. That is, Paul is not even denying that these guys could be ministers of Christ, but he's disclaiming their mode of ministry and their method and their message. Hallelujah. So these guys were aware of the kind of people, of the, of the particular set of people rather, that Paul is describing in this chapter of the Bible. Praise God. That's the approach that works. Now listen carefully. When we disclaim false teachings and false teachers, we're not trying to pull anybody down. We say, don't pull people down. Don't attack others. We're not trying to pull people down. We're not trying to tear people apart. We're simply caring for the body of Christ. Praise God. We are simply caring for the body of Christ. That's why Paul began by saying, see, I have betrothed you to Christ as a chaste virgin. I, I'm, I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. Hallelujah. There's, there's a passion for you. Praise God. I don't want you to be corrupted. I don't want your, your act to be corrupted with deception. It's simply us caring for the body of Christ. 
Look at verse, look at verse 26 now. It says, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, among, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides, listen, verse 28, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. Hallelujah. Have you seen? This is Paul caring for the flock. This is Paul caring for the body. This is Paul caring for the church of Christ. Glory to Jesus. Listen carefully. We are not walking in love if we shield a false teacher at the detriment of many souls that will be misled. It is not walking in love. Don't let anybody fool you with, with some hypocritical approach to walking in love. Where we say, don't let's talk about it. Just be quiet. No, 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 no. Love corrects. Love instructs. Love warns and admonishes. Love rebukes. Bible says, it is whom the Lord loves that he chases, that he chastises. Love chastises. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. Glory to God. So, walking in love is when we speak the truth. Love rejoices only in the truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, there is us caring for the body. There is us caring for our own spiritual health and caring for the health of others by walking in discernment. It is not anti-scripture. It is not anti-Christ. It is not anti the love of God. It is in sync and in harmony with the love of God. Hallelujah. Discernment, walking in discernment is a proof that we indeed love the church. Hallelujah. It's a proof that we love ourselves and we love others. Glory be to God. So uh, the people that Paul was warning the Corinthian church against were people that they knew. Hallelujah. We would have to always deal with that. It will be people we know. If you go back to Acts 20, look at this, and I'll close with this today. Go back to Acts 20. You, you notice two sets of people. Hallelujah. Most times people feel that false teachers are always from outside the church. False preachers and teachers also emerge from the church. They also emerge from the church. Acts of Apostles chapter 20. Look at this carefully again. From verse 29. Hallelujah. It says, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. That is, they are going to come from outside. Savage wolves. Look at verse 30. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. So there are those who will come from outside the church. There are those who will come from within the church. And begin to draw disciples after themselves. The word disciple is the word that means student, a scholar, a pupil. To make disciples for Christ, we must teach men the wisdom of God, which is the gospel. To make disciples for ourselves, we teach them human wisdom, human traditions, our own doctrines and dogma and traditions, our own ideologies. Praise God. So when he says they will make disciples, they will draw disciples after themselves. That is, they are no longer teaching men the gospel. They are speaking perverse things, things that pertain to this world, this life, earthly wisdom. They make disciples for themselves. Praise God. So we have two categories. There are folks in the church. In fact, this is more dangerous. More dangerous because those on the outside, we all know they are false. Praise God. I mean, it, it will be very rare, to very strange to find any church in the body of Christ today hand over the mic to an imam to come and teach us. An imam who is a Muslim to come and teach us or a Buddhist or an Hinduist or a Jehovah's Witness person. It is very scarce and rare. I mean, that would be the height of it. Praise God. <laughs> so uh, many of us agree that those guys are not part of us. So most times those guys will have to infiltrate the church by themselves. They'll come in forcefully, start something and then begin to, you know, draw men after themselves. But then it's common to find people give their pupils to men who do not preach the word of God just because the name of his church is Kinikon Kinikon Christ International. It's Kinikon Kinikon Christian Center. Do you understand? Because there's a, there's a semblance. Hallelujah. 
it looks like we are saying the same thing. The name of the churches are almost the same. Our praise and worship songs are the same. Praise God. So you see, this is what makes it very, very, very dangerous. Much more dangerous than those who attack the church from the outside. Those who rise up from within the church and begin to drag, draw disciples among themselves are the ones that most times command more influence in the midst of the saints. Praise God. So we have to be very discerning. Up your game in discernment. Don't let down your guard for any moment or any minute. Yeah, the devil might just be in your environment. Praise God. The devil might just be on your streets. So be discerning. Be careful. Judge everything you receive. It is godly. It is scriptural. It is spiritual. It is the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Uh, we'll continue this teaching. Invite your friends, relatives, colleagues, classmates, anyone at all. Let's come together to have a great time in the word of God. And don't forget to have a great day of being full of the word, full of faith, full of spiritual songs, full of faith, power, and be a blessing to somebody. See you in the next episode.